yeah, good to be here with you guys. Um, yeah, blessing to be asked to share. And I, I guess I come tonight wanting to share a couple of stories with you. Um, a little bit of a story of, of me, who I am, and how I find myself here in this community. Um, also going to st- share the story of Nicodemus from Scripture. And share with you the story of two Todman and some things happening up in Brooklyn. So I hope that tonight, um, yeah, the, the examples that I share with you, these stories that I share with you, I hope that you're able to hear the gospel through them and that you're able to hear how faithful Jesus has been in these stories and to these people. And I hope that you're able to think of your life, maybe, find yourself in one of these stories um, and, and see where Jesus could be, where the gospel is at work um, and how God is faithful. So my story, the story of Alex, uh, born and raised in Wellington, um, grown up in church. Um, my church that I went to was in Johnsonville um, and had an older congregation, so sort of like my parents and a lot of their friends. But as I grew up, there wasn't really a youth group. I think that I probably was the youth group. And then I was the young adult. Um, and pretty soon that got, you know, at about yeah, high school age, I was like, oh, this isn't like really, this isn't really fun. I don't really want to be going to these things, these spaces, church. Um, and I actually didn't really realise that people chose to follow God at a younger age. And it was sort of this thought of mine that like, oh yeah, I can choose, like I'll just live my life now. But when I'm older, when I'm mum and dad's age, when I'm like 40, whatever, I can then choose to be a Christian if I want to be. Um, And it wasn't until I was invited to a camp uh, where I saw a bunch of other young people, um, about 15, 16 years old, who were actually really hungry for this God in their life, really hungry for Jesus, um, the work of something greater than themselves and greater than their little outlook on life, um, a wider story to integrate in and be a part of. And I saw these young people, they were all leaders in their school and and spaces, Um, and a lot of them had a Christian faith. And we got to to come together um, and spend some time in prayer for different things happening in our high schools. Um, And I was like, just really mind-blown, actually, like blown away that there were young people who wanted to follow God. It wasn't something that I really saw in my church. Um, And yeah, I remember one evening, um, we had some time in prayer and worship, And I really felt that evening, um, as people prayed for me, and I hadn't had these prayers prayed before, I hadn't had people lay hands and pray for me and ask the Spirit to come, Um, and I felt in that moment, actually, that God did really see me and really know me and really invite me into a relationship with Him. Um, It wasn't this thing of, like, I'll just wait till you're older, Um, you know, kind of struggle along in life now and then find me when you're older. But God was like, actually, if you want to follow me now, you can. Um, and so, yeah, I really felt the spirit of God move um, in, in my life and, yeah, like a physical presence of God um, and really, like, lift a weight from me. Um, and that was just a really special, a significant moment for me. Um, I, yeah, got baptised when I was, like, 16, I think it was later that year, and became really involved in a bunch of youth groups. I kind of said to my home church, Okay, like you don't have a youth group, I'm going to go find one. Um, yeah, and just, it was, it was really through like youth groups and camps that my faith was sustained in Jesus. Um, and some of us who have maybe have journeys of growing up in, in the church, maybe um, youth groups and camps sustained our faith for a while too. 
Um, yeah, the next significant part of my journey, I suppose, is um, what I would call the Kurori Baptist chapter, um, which has been the last seven years of my life. Um, and yeah, that's actually like a quarter of my life as well, which is kind of wild when you like start breaking your life down and realising like you've, you've been somewhere for a significant amount of time. Um, yeah, I got involved at Kurori Baptist when I was around 21 and got involved working with the youth pastor there and interning, um, helping to run the youth group, did some study, got to do some youth work at the local intermediate school. And then the last couple of years, um, I have been working or had been working at um, the community centre in our suburb. And so I guess I got to see a community and a suburb from a whole lot of different angles. Um, and the last couple of years, me and some friends have actually got some flatmates here, which is awesome. Um, <laughs> these guys are the back, so good. Um, we got the opportunity actually to live on site um, our Kurori Baptist Church car park at the back. There's a house. Um, and we got the opportunity to live there. Um, and I guess we really had this hope to be able to see community and church and faith integrate and to see opportunities for Jesus to move through the connections we're making with people in the neighbourhood and actually have an open door and invite them into our space um, and hope to see God move in those connections and relationships. Um, and I guess the reason I share that with you is um, because kind of where I find myself now is also a part of that journey. Um, I'm getting the opportunity to be in community spaces, church spaces, seeing faith, life, community, God, integrate and work. And I'll talk to that more in a minute. Um, but yeah, so I guess towards the end of last year, I started kind of asking God, what's the next adventure? I've had this like long time in one suburb um, and it's sort of feeling like I'm ready for something new. Um, and it was, yeah, after a couple of conversations, three days in a row with a few friends that each, the end of each conversation with that friend ended with, with this quote. You need to talk to Scotty Reeve. <laughs> um, and so I was like, okay. Um, kind of left it for the, for the rest of the week and then shot him a Facebook message. Didn't know him. Um, had listened to the podcasts. Um, but yeah, like, you know, your paths, sometimes paths just haven't crossed. And like, we've lived in Wellington and I feel like so many people here have lived in Wellington a long time and our, our paths have never crossed. So... Um, yeah, it was quite exciting to be like, oh, here's a new space, here's a, a new conversation, some new people to talk with. Um, and yeah, as many of you will know, Scotty doesn't like to waste time um, and he moves quite quickly. <laughs> and so after reaching out to him um, and telling him about myself, I was pretty quickly offered a new church, a new community to invest in and a job. <laughs> so um, yeah, so I was like, okay, God, I've been asking you questions about church and community and work, and I felt this kind of chapter in my life sort of winding up in Kurori. Um, I have a real heart for community and work and, and church to integrate, and here's an opportunity. So, yeah, I've, I've really, I guess, experienced the faithfulness of Jesus again here in my life, um, giving me this opportunity and making it quite clear to step into something, um, even at times when it's felt felt challenging or felt kind of wild or like, you know, you're on a roller coaster or something. Um, yeah, a few times this year I've received the picture of a root-bound pot, um, a root-bound plant, sorry, in a pot. And it's just, yeah, that has really spoken to me because um, 
it's kind of the idea that like if you've ever seen a plant come out of the pot that the, the roots are all like kind of squished up to the side um, they don't have anywhere else to grow and in order to keep flourishing the plant needs new soil it needs a new pot and it needs a new place to let its roots go deep and often when you repot a plant it actually takes a while for it to like perk up and like really like settle and and become comfortable in its surroundings um, and while being yeah I, I feel like the challenges and the learnings for me this year um, have felt somewhat like a plant learning to settle in its new surroundings and learning to settle there and then thrive. Um, and while being rerooted can be painful, um, I do believe that, yeah, the faithfulness of Jesus has been really real and close to me in my life this year. So that's a little bit of the story of Alex and sort of, um, yeah, how I find myself here in, in Blueprint. And um, sharing with you guys tonight. One cool thing that I often reflect on is actually a couple of years ago when me and my flatties decided we were going to try and do this intentional community thing in Karori. I reached out to Rose um, because I knew that she was connected with the Blueprint and we actually like caught up and had a korero about what intentional community looks like and how we could try to do something out in Karori. So it's quite cool to me just seeing God like making those connections even, you know, and just... Um, yeah, our paths had crossed, and it's, it's beautiful that they get to cross again. So the next story I want to share with you is the story of Nicodemus. Um, so I'm reading from John 3, verses 1 to 7. Now there was a Pharisee, a man named Nicodemus, who was a member of the Jewish ruling council. He came to Jesus at night and said, Rabbi, we know that you're a teacher who has come from God. No one could perform the signs you're doing if God were not with him. Jesus replied, Very truly I tell you, no one can see the kingdom of God unless they are born again. How can someone be born when they are old? Nicodemus asked. Surely they cannot enter a second time into their mother's womb to be born. It's true. <laughs> Jesus answered, Very truly I tell you. Jesus answered, Very truly I tell you, no one can enter the kingdom of God unless they are born of water and the Spirit. Flesh gives birth to flesh, but the Spirit gives birth to the Spirit. You should not be surprised at my saying you must be born again. And yeah, I guess I think I didn't include those last few verses. Sweet. <laughs> so, um, yeah, you, you should not be surprised at my saying you must be born again. This is, this is Jesus talking with a religious leader, and the religious leader coming to him and saying hold on a second, I don't quite, I don't quite understand what you're saying. Um, Nicodemus is stumped with all of this talk about being born again. What does it mean to be born again? Um, I've been following God, uh, but have I not been doing that right? Have I missed the point? I think the passage suggests to me that Nicodemus, he knows about this stuff in his head, but probably it hasn't moved from his head to his heart. Um, I think I resonate with that because very much like grow, very much like an academus, I feel like a journey in the church when you're a young person and then actually making that decision for yourself as an adult, um, yeah, you have to you have to you have to let these things move from your head to your heart, um, and you have to be you have to understand what it looks like to actually walk and talk and follow God. Um, I feel like there's, there's many things this year that I've been challenged by, but, yeah, deeply encouraged um, to see God working um, 
yeah, not in just, not like Charlotte said, just we have good stories throughout the week. Um, Jesus doesn't just move on Sundays. Jesus wants to be a part of an, an everyday conversation with someone. Um, and I guess just thinking about the gospel in, in a different way, and want, I want to be born again to that. Um, I don't really want to have a faith that just kind of is good for me, and I'll keep that to myself. Um, if it's going to be real and if it's something I'm going to follow with my life, it's actually got to be good and it's got to be good for others as well, not just good news for me. So I guess, yeah, I'm struck by this passage with Nicodemus where he was religious and he'd been around this religion and this faith, but he still had a conversation with Jesus and said, hold on, what? How do we, how do we actually do this? And I think if Nicodemus couldn't get it right, then like, what hope? What hope? Did, like, that challenge of that question is what hope? Sometimes it's like, what hope do we have? If this religious leader in Scripture couldn't get it right, if, um, if flipping Adam and Eve, like, got distracted by the snake, like, um, if there are just a couple of things I was thinking about, like, um, the other story, just like the disciples following Jesus in the flesh and then still doubting him. I think there's... there's not to be discouraged by that, but I guess, yeah, challenged that Jesus was still faithful and present in those stories when people in Scripture had God right there or had Jesus right there or Nicodemus was walking with Jesus and still said, hold on a second, what? <laughs> that actually Jesus will continue the conversation? Yeah, I think I'm encouraged by that, that, there, that Jesus has been faithful in these stories. Um, and while we might not, yeah, while we might be, we will, we will all be on the journey of letting maybe some of this faith stuff shift from our head to our heart. Um, Jesus wants to continue that conversation, and He is faithful. Um, a scripture that I love and that has kind of come up time and time again this year, um, and has brought new meaning with it for me this year, is Romans thirty or eight thirty eight to thirty nine, and we this is often read um, during Eucharist. And it's for I am convinced that neither death nor life, neither angels nor demons, neither the present nor the future, nor any powers, neither height nor depth, nor anything else in all creation will be able to separate us from the love of God that is ours in Christ Jesus. And I love the scripture because that is the good news of the gospel, that actually we are all welcome to have this conversation with Jesus. We're all welcome to wrestle and to allow concepts to move, concepts about faith to move from our head to our heart. And we're all welcome in that. And yeah, I see the scripture is really good. It's really good and it's good for all people. And the final story I want to share with you um, is the story of two Todman. Um, now, a bunch of you will know kind of a bit of the journey. Um, and so I'm just going to kind of try and recap for those who don't. Um, but two Todman alongside Brooklyn Anglican Church, um, were birthed out of Blueprint a couple of years ago. And so there were an initial group of, I think, about six people who felt called to, to partner in Brooklyn and to keep the Anglican Church alive there. Um, and so they embodied John 1 verse 14, which is the word became flesh and moved into the neighbourhood. There was this building that was put on the market, and it's like an epic building on the corner of the main road of Brooklyn. Um, it's a couple of storeys high. It's got room for community and church engagement down below, and it's got residential apartments upstairs for people to live in and be intentional community. Um, 
Yeah, the building's been painted bright yellow and it's got the installation of festoon lighting all around the, the front of it. Um, it's this bright little building on the corner of a suburb. And yeah, I just th think that that is like miraculous um, and pretty incredible, like having been on, yeah, been in other conversations with other churches and seeing them trying to pave a way to do community engagement better. I just think that it's such an opportunity that there was this building and somehow we had the right conversations with the right people and the building was provided to the Anglican Church. Um, actually, there was a really funny moment the other day. Um, I was out with my flatmates and two of us were at the top of Mount Vic and we bumped into someone who I've connected with in Brooklyn several times through different creative events and our music gigs and stuff. And we had a yarn with her and then me and my flatmate went to the top of Mount Vic, the others were down the bottom, and they heard this girl walk past and say, oh, yeah, yeah, okay, so that girl that I was just talking to, um, she's from Brooklyn, she's from, like, Two Todman. it's run by the Anglican Church, but, like, don't, don't let that stop you. Like, <laughs> um, she was like, yeah, yeah, so I think it's beautiful that we have this building that can be so community-focused, um, that people aren't letting the fact that it's run by a church stop them. Um, <laughs> which is good, <laughs> yes, we need to be good news for all people. Um, yeah, and so I, yeah, so I kind of landed in the opportunity to come and be a part of this Two Todman space. Um, when I first started talking with Scotty about it, he explained that Two Todman is basically a youth centre for adults, um, which, <laughs> which, I, which is good, it's good, it deserves the clicks. I think I've come from a background of community and youth work as well, and so understanding, like, actually there's just such a need for people to find belonging in all stages of our life. Um, yeah, we have four spaces in the building. So we have a chapel, um, which is really beautiful and gets used by a small group of people from prayers, for prayers from time to time. Well, actually every morning. Um, <laughs> yep. Um, and it gets used for time to time for other things. We have a co-working shared office space, which has been really cool for connecting with, um, yeah, local small business owners, um, entrepreneurs, remote workers, that kind of thing. And um, we have a community space that gets hired out for all sorts of events, and we have a little boutique op shop, which kind of functions as like the reception for the whole building throughout the week. Um, we get to host our own events, like acoustic gigs and creative evenings. We also get to host groups and they host events like antenatal classes and staff training days. Um, and we have the ability to host community through various venues, uh, venue users coming together for things like monthly potlucks. So there's a whole lot of hosting going on here and I think we just we often reflect on what does it look like for, for us and for the crew that actually live upstairs in, two, in the Two Todman building to be good hosts to our neighbours. Um, there's so much room for kind of the, the crossing of people from various walks of life to meet and to connect in our building. So you'll have a couple of co-workers, you'll have some volunteers from the op shop, you'll have a couple of people from our church just rubbing shoulders in the building and it's a really easy natural space and it's not intimidating and we get to share our different walks of life with each other. Um, I see the faithfulness of Jesus in that. Um, I see his provision, I see the, the depth of relationship that he desires to have with people. Um, I think it's incredible that we get to be hosts to different people in our space, in our neighbourhood um, and, and constantly praying and asking God to go before us um, to, to bring about goodness into our community, um, to bring about 
we have, yeah, we play with wording a lot of the time to try and, and figure out who are we, what are we doing here. Um, yes, we're four buildings. One of them is a church, uh, four, four spaces, sorry. One of them is a church. Um, three of them are community-facing. Um, we're so transparent with who we are. People know that Scotty is a local Brooklyn priest. Um, they know that there's a chapel there. Um, our op shop volunteers often go into the chapel to use the storage. We've got some built-in like seats, and, and there is the storage from our op shop. And there's like a little Jesus statue in the corner. And like <laughs> from time to time, people are like, "Oh, Jesus gave me quite a fright." Um, <laughs> So there's very much the rubbing of shoulders between different walks of life and I think people who possibly have no idea of the Christian faith or have a, a broken idea of the Christian faith have had, had the gospel um, displayed poorly to them. Um, they're getting to walk alongside people who are trying to do that better and trying to walk with Jesus better and, and know what it means to follow Jesus. Um, so yeah, I see the faithfulness of Jesus in, in this, the things happening at Two Todman. And so kind of to finish tonight, I guess, yeah, I want to encourage and, and challenge you to think about your life, um, to think about your journey. Like, do you, do you resonate with anything I've shared tonight? Um, maybe, yeah, maybe there's something that you want to move from your head to your heart, um, Maybe there's this concept of, of Jesus saying, be born again. Um, that feels like a really big call, but I think we get born again a lot of little times in our life. Um, born again to the different, the different things of, of Jesus. And yeah, I'd like to finish with a prayer um, that actually was written in the 1500s, which is wild, but we still get to pray it today. So it's from Teresa of Avila. Avila. Uh, Christ has no body now but yours, no hands, no feet on earth but yours. Yours are the eyes through which he looks compassion on this world. Yours are the feet with which he walks to do good. Yours are the hands through which he blesses all the world. Yours are the hands, yours are the eyes, you are his body. Christ has no body now on earth than yours. So be encouraged, be blessed. Jesus is faithful um, and he wants to be at work in your life.